You're listening to the following program on TFN Audio from the Fantasy Network, where independent creators and fans of fantasy, sci-fi, horror, and gaming meet to create, stream, and support the shows that they love. Creator-distributed, fan-supported, that's TFN. Find this and many more great programs at watch.thefantasy.network slash audio. The Master Plan He knew this forest, this darkness, this night. He knew his chances, not good. He knew what was after him. It had been after him all his life. He knew where he was, and a story about to unfold an ending. He knew better than anyone how these stories went, and if anyone could find their way out of these woods, it was him. Joe Hill, 20th Century Ghosts Fall 1. Raul Hernandez was always amused when someone referred to him as a wetback, an illegal immigrant who swam over the Rio Grande to enter the United States. I am not the wetback, he would usually say. If anything, I'm a scratchback. I walked here through the desert and was stung by mosquitoes hundreds of times. Of course, it had been many years since he had crossed the border, and since then he had done well for himself. He had applied for and was granted citizenship. He and his wife had raised a family, owned a house and a car, had one child in college, and paid his taxes. He had gotten older, lost the lean and muscular body he had in his youth, and had grown accustomed to life in this country. It had been many years since he had felt any need for adrenaline rushes, he never watched scary movies, never went on thrill rides. The desert walk and game of cat and mouse with the border patrols was all the excitement he needed for a lifetime. Today he preferred peace and quiet. Being a night watchman made that quite easy for him, especially in the kind of museum he was employed to look after. When the alarm in the Bidet Museum of Biblical Archaeology went off, his first thought was to dismiss it as a technical glitch. Not only would no one in their right mind break into this museum, but it was downright impossible. The building wasn't big, and the room he had spent most of the night in overlooked the only entrance. To get past him, a burglar would have to be able to fly. A few seconds later, another alarm went off. The alarms were in two different rooms, meaning that whatever had triggered the alarm had moved from one room to the next. Someone had to be walking around up there. Grumbling, Raoul got up from his chair and headed up the stairs. He turned on the lights in the stairwell with a flick of the master switch in the wall so he wouldn't need the flashlight hanging from his belt. Probably some damn cat got in, he muttered to himself as he climbed the steps. They creaked under his considerable weight. When he got to the top, he stepped inside the first exhibit room and flicked another switch. Several lights went on along the rooms ahead of him. The Baudet Museum was famous for its collection of rare Bibles, over 300 of them, and for the pieces of lamps, jewelry, and pictures from an ancient biblical city. Other religious artifacts were displayed in exhibits that changed with the seasons, and right now the last two rooms were housing an exhibition concerning the various artifacts of early Christian communions. Raoul could see through several rooms from his position at the door, but not all the way to the end of the museum. Those rooms were still dark, 
and it was from those rooms the alarm had gone off. As he began moving past the glass displays of ancient hand-bound Bibles, he heard a clattering sound. It sounded like glass smashing. Raoul felt his pulse speed up. A cat might be able to get in, sure enough, but would it be smashing the glass cases? Maybe it had knocked something over. Or perhaps... Raoul found his hand going to the butt of his stun gun. Since the incidents where night watchmen had shot and killed people by accident and been crucified in the media, Raoul had not carried his gun to work. He had never actually felt the need for it, so it had not been a big sacrifice. Instead, he carried a stun gun, which would easily drop a grown man in his tracks. He had never drawn it from his holster while at work, but he did so now. He moved through the museum as fast as he could without running and kept listening. He couldn't hear more glass shattering, but that didn't make him feel any better. Entering the second-to-last room, he turned on the final bank of lights, making the dark rooms as bright as a sunny morning. Thanks, the woman standing in front of one of the glass displays said. That makes it much easier. Roel gaped. The woman was wearing a black, form-fitting jumpsuit that made him think of a superhero movie. She was tall, slender, and her black hair hung down her back in an intricate braid. She did not seem flustered by his presence or even irritated by it. In fact, she barely acknowledged with a glance that he was there. She was reaching into one of the glass display cases very carefully, as the top of it was shattered in dangerous-looking shards. The object in her hand was about the size and shape of a frisbee, white, and obviously not overly heavy, as she lifted it out of the case easily. Pointing his stun gun at the woman, Raoul cleared his throat. D don't move. Drop that and step away with your hands in the air, he then added, almost without thinking about it. Please. Polite. I like that in a man. The woman turned around and faced him. He got a good look at her face, and in the back of his mind, he couldn't help but think how gorgeous she was. Her eyes were big and brown, her face like that of a statue of a saint made by a master sculptor. In her hand, she still held the white disc-shaped object. Put that down, Raoul said. I'm not going to hurt you. The woman tilted her head and smiled. Oh, I know that. Actually, you probably couldn't hurt me if you tried. But if it's all the same to you, I'm not going to put it down. I need this particular item. I'll just be going. Raoul took one step forward, getting close enough that he was confident that the stun gun could actually hit its target. The woman stood without moving, a slight smile on her face. He squeezed the trigger and felt the two darts shoot out of the gun. They both carried thin power cords which could deliver a devastating shock. Raoul had seen videos of men using guns like this on a volunteer, and it had turned them into jelly on the ground in a second. The woman raised a hand that wasn't holding the disc so fast that it seemed like a blur. She held her palm towards Raoul, and the two darts stopped in midair. They hung there for a moment, trembling slightly. The woman shook her head slowly making a tsk-tsk sound. Roel gaped. He stared at the two darts with his eyes slowly growing bigger and bigger. 
Come on, the woman said, her voice almost sad. I thought you were polite, saying please and everything. Turns out you're not. Firing one of those things at a woman? Do you have any idea how uncomfortable they are? She made a gesture with her hand, and the dart seemed to slowly turn in the air until they pointed back towards Raoul. I'll be leaving now. Good night. The woman made a final gesture, and the darts flew back the way they came. Hitting Raoul's hand and forearm, he quickly let go of the trigger, making sure that the current wouldn't hit him. The gun clattered to the floor. Raoul looked back up at the woman, just in time to see her raise the disc to her chest and vanish into thin air. One moment she was there, the next she was simply gone. A small popping sound sounded in his ears, as if he was in an airplane taking off. Raoul slowly walked to a chair in a corner and sat down. He felt his heart pounding, and he was afraid that if he didn't sit down, he would have a heart attack. Looking at his hand, he slowly pulled the two darts from his skin. What the heck? he said out loud. The museum was empty, and no one answered him. Only the faintly ringing alarm and the broken display case proved that the woman in black hadn't been a dream. <laughs>